Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could join us today. Welcome to the month of September. As students return to the classroom, they are also returning to the school cafeteria this week. But what's different this school year in Minnesota is that the meals are free for all students, regardless of their family's income. Back in March, Governor Tim Walz signed a bill that provides breakfast and lunch to all students at participating schools in Minnesota at no cost. The Universal School Meals Law went into effect in July. Now, the change means that Minnesota is the third state in the nation to require schools to serve free breakfast and lunch to all students. So today, I want to talk about the importance of school meals, as well as what has happened in the past when many students couldn't afford the food served at lunchtime. Plus, I want to know, how do you create a menu for thousands and thousands of kids that's full of foods that are nutritious and taste good? And what does research show when it comes to how hunger affects a child's behavior and health? Three guests are joining me in the studio today. Let's say hi to them. Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan is here. She grew up in St. Louis Park and attended St. Louis Park Public Schools. She's also a member of the White Earth Band of Ojibwe. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Good to see you. Also, we have with us Leah Gardner. Leah is the Policy Director with Hunger Solutions Minnesota. That's an organization that works with state and federal government leaders to end hunger. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Nice to see you. And Darcy Stieber is here, too. Darcy is the Director of Nutrition Services at Mankato Area Public Schools. Darcy, thank you for making the drive up to St. Paul this morning to join us. Welcome to the program. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I should add, uh, all three of you also have young people who you sent off to school this morning. So, uh, again, thank you for making time for us this morning. Uh, As I talk with my guests, I want to hear from you, too, our listeners. Do you have a child in school? What do you think about school? meals now being free for all students in Minnesota. And when you were a kid, did your family qualify for free or reduced lunch? What do you remember about that? Did your family deal with with food insecurity? Did your family struggle? Are you dealing with it now? And if you're a student, tell us what do you want to see on that menu? What do you want to eat at lunchtime at school? The phone lines are open. Call us at 651 651- Two two seven six thousand. Again, the number is six five one two two seven six thousand. You can also call us at eight hundred two four two twenty eight twenty eight. Lieutenant Governor, let's go back a little bit. Tell me about the conversations at the state capitol leading up to this uh, this bill being introduced, the law being passed. What was happening with school meals that made it so important uh, for state leaders to want to do something? Well, I think this is something that's been on the hearts and minds of a lot of people over many, many years. Um, Hunger Solutions has really been a leader in uh, policies, making sure that our our families, our kiddos, uh, folks all across the state uh, have enough to eat. And, you know, that's certainly something that's been important to our administration. I think this really started gaining traction when there was a lot of publicity around lunch shaming um, for uh, children who weren't able to pay their bill and were public shamed in their lunchroom. I know that that is not something that happens at every school, but if it happens at one school, it's, it's happening uh, everywhere. Yeah. And, and for folks who are not familiar with lunch shaming and what was occurring, uh, spell it out. What was happening to some kids in the lunch line? Sure. I mean, some kids were uh, publicly in the line. They would announce that they didn't have enough funds or they would get emails, threatening emails sent home or creditors who were going after families. And, um, you Your know, school bills account is at zero. So. Right. That's right. Um, and that just shouldn't 
it shouldn't happen. Um, and, you know, this issue of school meals is deeply personal to me. Um, I was that kid on free and reduced price lunch with that different colored lunch ticket. And I think for young people, um, you know, today's the first day of school and everyone is picking out their outfit and wants to, you know, fit in and be with their friends. And so that that shame and that stigma um, uh, with uh, with not being able to afford a school meal, that's real. And it's real for our young people. And so there was so much support. I think this is a beautiful part. I think there is so much bipartisan support for um, making sure that kids could eat breakfast and, and lunch at school, that this year was the year that we were able to just get it done. We had a strong inside-outside game, I think, with um, you know advocates and students and families and legislators who really understood the importance of getting this done. And Governor Walls and I want to make Minnesota the best place in the country to raise a family. Feeding kids at school is um, a really important part of that. So help me understand this better, because there was already uh, a program, Free and Reduced Lunch, was already available for families who could demonstrate financial need and signed up for it. So uh, why was it necessary to do this? Well, I think, you know, there are people who qualify for free energy spice lunch. But as, um, you know, I traveled across the state and had conversations with folks, there are also people who barely just didn't qualify. Mm -hmm. And those are the families where, um, you know, I talked to nutritional workers uh, when I was in Little Canada who said sometimes you'll see a kid bring in a lunchbox that has an apple or um, a container of yogurt. um, And that is their lunch. And that's heartbreaking. And you can't focus on your math test. You can't pay attention in class if you are hungry. And so This just makes sense, right? When kids have full bellies, they are ready to learn. They miss fewer days of school. Achievement goes up. They are healthier. Um, It just is a win-win-win, I think, for for all of us. Mm -hmm. And Leah, watching this, uh, as you do your work with Hunger Solutions, uh, how do you describe the significance of this change now? It's huge. And honestly, today couldn't come soon enough. you know, we we have been fighting for this change for some time and improving access to school meals has been on our agenda for many, many years. Uh, but then, you know, the pandemic hit and we did get to test run. What, it, what does it look like? What does it feel like to provide meals to all kids? No questions asked. Because the federal government stepped in and, yes. and we were seeing that happen. Yes. And, and, you know, we heard from parents about what a relief it was. We heard from young people that their lunchroom finally felt like, you know, an an even playing field and more kids were eating. Mm -hmm. And so we knew we could not go backwards. And so tell us about your organization. You said that, you know, Hunger Solutions has been fighting for this for years. Why? And, And what is it the work that you all do? Yeah, so what we do is we advocate on behalf of families that are experiencing food insecurity and the hunger relief system that is there to provide them uh, resources. And and we coordinate what we're hearing on the ground with state and federal lawmakers to make sure that any chance we get that we're making sure people have access to food. And honestly, it has long been a struggle to make sure that kids were having access to meals at school for some of the things that the lieutenant governor already explained. 
not everyone qualifies for free and reduced price meals. It's a pretty low income mm-hmm. threshold. It does not um, pull in every family that's struggling with food insecurity, which, by the way, is at an all time high. Um, we're continuing to break records on the number of families we're seeing show up at food shelves. So it, the need is very real right now. And uh, Darcy, you're the director of nutrition services at Mankato Area Public Schools. Uh, how big of a deal is this to you uh, from from the work that you're doing that breakfast and lunch now served uh, at no cost to students? Just just grab a tray and eat. And can we just get on with school day? It's amazing for us in schools. We're able to just um, have the kids relax, have a good time, come through the lunch line, grab a tray of food. Um, lunch is a good time for students to have a little downtime, relax, um, eat some good, healthy, nutritious food and recharge for the day. Um, so we're just thrilled that this, we're able to bring back these free meals that happened over the pandemic. Uh, last year, we went back to paid meals, and now we're back to our freed meals now. So we're thrilled that this is the way Minnesota is going forward. So what have you seen in your schools um, when students, um, you know, their their meal account is at zero? Like, how, how was that handled in Mankato? So in my district, um, I've been there six years. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, still fed the children. Um, we put the kids... Um, accounts into the negative and had that conversation with the parents, Uh, contacted them through either phone calls or emails, just letting them know that they needed some money in their lunch account and did not um, have that conversation with the student. Um, They have enough to worry about. They need they're there to learn. Um, A financial conversation is a conversation that needs to happen with adults. And so we fed the students anyway. Um, Unfortunately, some lunch accounts went far into the negative, um, but we were able to feed the kids and hopefully provide um, a welcoming experience for them in the lunchroom. What about uh, students who are hungry? I mean, what do you hear from staff who are in schools? What do they tell you about hungry students and how it affects behavior in the classroom and, and just how they get through the day? We see that um, when a student's hungry, it's hard for them to concentrate. And so we do see um, increased behaviors uh, with the students. We also see them having a hard time concentrating on tests and their scores. Um, so being able to give them that full belly um, just helps them concentrate and behave better during the day. Um, it also helps them learn because um, that's what we're in school for, is to make sure that we are learning and moving forward. Um, we see that especially on Monday mornings. Um, our lunch lines are a little bit longer, especially at breakfast. Because um, of the weekend at home. Correct. Yeah, we have families at, um, at home that may not have enough to eat over the weekends. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to get them something to eat right away as soon as they get in the door and give them a good start to their day. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, uh, let's talk about language, uh, because people I know throughout all of this have, have all said, and it is true, uh, nothing is free. Nothing mm-hmm. is free. So someone is paying for this. This program, we know, will cost the state of Minnesota close to $400 million uh, in its first two years. Uh, that's a lot of money. And so what? how do you describe um, the, you know, funding this? I mean, I, I think I describe funding this by this is an investment in the future of Minnesota. All the things that Darcy um, just laid out is why this is a worthwhile investment. We know that uh, students do better in school. They are healthier. They miss fewer fewer days. Um, behaviors go down. Classrooms themselves um, are are more welcoming for for everyone. I think teachers have an easier time right doing what they are there to do, which is mm-hmm. to to teach when we make this investment. And so, you know, for us, I think we are really clear what we were going to do this legislative session. Minnesotans 
heard about it and they were supportive of it. And that's I keep coming back to, though, that there is bipartisan support for this bill, Um, because I think if you no matter which side of the aisle that you fall on, hungry children, that's just not part of who we are as as Minnesotans. Um, You know, this program is going to save Minnesotans thousands and thousands of dollars. So I think it's a sound investment. And what I'd also say is, you know, we sort of looked at, we know children don't come in pieces. Um, And so feeding children is a portion of it. Um, The child tax credit is another part of it for families. And we will lower child poverty in this state by at least a third. Um, Investments in schools, housing, transportation, all of these things work together because we want to make sure that we have whole children, whole families, um, whole school communities. And that's how we we get there. And I think that this was a significant part of the foundation for success, for the opportunity gap, for future, you know, for, for folks who are interested in having a strong workforce. This is kids who are getting through school, who are healthy and strong and going on um, to, to really be the future of, of Minnesota. I think it's a heck of a deal um, and something we should be really, um, really proud of, frankly. We're talking about making meals free at schools for all students, regardless of family income. Minnesota is now uh, just the third state in the nation to provide breakfast and lunch at no cost to all students at participating schools. But uh, uh, it is coming at an expense to the state budget. Four hundred million dollars, did we say there, in the first two years to fund this. Uh, It's a new law that went into effect over the summer. So I'm asking, what do you think about school meals being free in Minnesota? Did, Did your family struggle with food insecurity when you were a kid in school? Are you struggling with food insecurity now? And also, if you're a student and you haven't started school yet, you can call too. Tell me what you want to see on that school lunch menu. What do you want to eat at school? The number is 651-227-6000 or call us at 800-242-2828. We're getting phone calls already from lots of listeners, so let's take some of those. Uh, In Minneapolis, Jane is on the line. Good morning, Jane. What did you want to tell us or what did you want to ask? So I am a taxpayer, and I really support this program. I'm I'm glad that it's done or that it's put through, but I really have a problem with the word free. And I have a problem with that because I think maybe even children will not know that we are doing this because it's an investment, and nothing is free. We need to see this as an investment. So I would like to ask Lieutenant Governor and the others on the line, to create a phrase that denotes that that this is an investment and not free. Um, as somebody that supports this, I mean, I I hear from people who are very much, um, uh, you know, kind of not for this. And one of the reasons is because of this word free. So I hope you can do that because it's really not accurate. Even a public school education like we talk about it as free public school, it's not free. This is supported by taxpayers and citizens, mm. and our students should feel that joy that taxpayers are supporting them. All so right. please come up with a new phrase. Thank Jane you. in Minneapolis, uh, words matter, but uh, I, I mean, how, what do we say? How do we describe it? I mean, we've, we've used the word at no cost to students. Any suggestions? And, and does free, you know, does that indicate something that you don't want to attach to meals? 
Well, I really appreciate Jane's uh, point um, that that this is an investment in our children and that, you know, public schools, um, you know, are are how we take care of each other and take care of community. So, um, you know, well taken. Your point is well taken, uh, Jane. And I think it is, you know, we can absolutely talk about um, what this means uh, for for our children, for um, our families, for our community as a whole. It certainly is an investment in them. But it's an investment in our collective future uh, as a, a state as well. Um, uh, but I don't know if uh, either of you have anything else that you want to add, too, because I think, you know, we are really excited about this. But, yeah, language matters. I hear mm-hmm. that. Leah, Darcy, anything you, you'd say or what you've seen to uh, with that, that language that that somehow, you know, maybe conveys a, a meaning that shouldn't be attached to this? You know, I guess I will say I I think point well taken, and it is an investment. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I will say that what what we spend some of our time doing at Hunger Solutions is trying to convince people that they can participate and that this is not going to come back in the form of a bill later. Um, you know, so I will I will just say that my orientation on this is to first and foremost provide assurance to families that it's not going to cost them uh, something. So that's that's where I'm coming from, but I do I do understand the point and I and I think we should make sure that students know that this is an investment we're proud to be making in them. So Darcy, uh, families don't have to fill out an application um, to get uh, breakfast or lunch at no cost for their child. But I know that on your uh, school district's website and many school district websites, there's still an application form uh, for school benefits. Uh, what can you tell us about that? And, and why should people still take the time to fill out those forms? So there's a few reasons why families should still fill out the free and reduced forms. So they do not need to fill out a form to participate in the Minnesota Free School Meals Program. Um we do ask that families still um, fill out the free and reduced application because there are benefits for the families. Um, they may, you know, in my school district, it may be free or reduced um, athletic or um, or activities fees. I know that some of the museums in Minneapolis offer a discount to families that qualify for free and reduced meals. Um, we've seen reduced price internet as an option for families. So there, there are other benefits than just the free meals mm. um, with that piece. Um, also, school districts do receive some additional um, funding through compensatory aid. Um, and so that also helps our schools. The higher your free and reduced rate is, the more money we see back um, for additional funding to help pay for guidance counselors or additional resources in our classrooms. So it's still important to fill out the application, but it is not necessary. And Lieutenant Governor, more to say about that. No one likes paperwork. <laughs> uh, we dropped our paperwork off this morning. I just want to be clear right. in my child's <laughs> backpack. Um, but I think that that's a but it's a, a good point that there are other benefits to filling out those those forms for kids. Um, you know, it's uh, to be clear, it's not super long, right? <laughs> it took us a few minutes this morning. Um, but, you know, really, I think for um, for the purposes of, of this program specifically, we did not want paperwork to be that barrier that kept children from eating lunch. Um, so encourage people to fill out that paperwork because there are additional benefits, but you don't have to do that in order to 
be fed. Um, and I think that was a significant part of this legislation. And if you don't do it, you may miss out on other benefits. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, Darcy was saying that your family could be eligible before your child could be. That's right. So still do that. All right, let's uh, take some more phone calls uh, from listeners as we talk uh, about school lunches and breakfasts uh, being offered at no cost to students uh, beginning the school year here in Minnesota. In Springfield, Shannon is on the phone. Good morning, Shannon. What do you want to ask or share? Hi, uh, my daughter is online with a charter school, so in essence, she's at home schooling. I would like to know if this law applies to her being able to get a free lunch from the public school in town by us just picking it up. Hmm. Okay, so uh, who is eligible uh, beyond uh, just some public school? So children who are homeschooled or ch- children who are at a charter school? Leah, anything you can tell our listener? Yeah, so uh, this is a program that's available to any school that participates in the National School Lunch Program. And so that that could be a charter school, a private school, or a public school. They they all have the option. Uh, I, I don't know of homeschool students that, that would be connected to a National School Lunch Program participating school in most cases, unless you have some sort of a partnership with maybe a, a local district. That would be the only thing I can think of. So this is why we say participating schools, because a school district has to be already in a, in a, in a federal program for this to be something that's eligible, eligible for a family to take advantage of? Yes, that's correct. So you have to be um, working with the National School Lunch Program, which is a USDA program. And part of the USDA rules is that meals cannot leave school grounds. So they do have to eat mm. on school grounds in order to uh, participate in this program. All right, let's take another phone call from a listener. Uh, This is in Ogilvy, Minnesota. Phil is on the phone. Good morning, Phil. What do you want to ask or share as we talk about school meals? Hi, Angela. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I was just calling because, um, you know, I'm just totally opposed to this um, taxpayer-funded free school meals. Um, I mean, I just feel that um, they're wiping out. My taxes have increased $1,200 a year. My property taxes, it's all going to the schools. And, um, you know, they're wiping out the middle class. I mean, where am I supposed to come up with all this money? Because it's a good idea. I mean, I really think parents need to pay for their own kids' school, um, their own kids' meals, if they had their kids, it's a basic need. I have a child, I need to get them food, you know, and they have all kinds of programs from um, their uh, food stamps, whatnot, they can make their lunch, take their lunch to school with them. Um, There is no reason to spend um, a half a billion dollars. And that's just my point. And I would also like to know where I'm supposed to come up with the money, the $1,200 a year, that my taxes have increased. So, Phil, do you feel that there are families that, you know, really are somehow abusing this or really can pay for enough groceries Absolutely. for their families? You believe that is so true? So we're giving everyone free, free lunches. Why can't? Absolutely. I mean... People can um, pay for their own child's lunch. You're saying that. Uh, that so you every you, you reject the idea that pay. there is is poverty or food insecurity that that there really are families out there. You don't believe that there are families who can't meet basic needs. You don't. Believe I do that. believe that. 
but I don't believe that we need to provide uh, free lunches for everyone at the tune of a half a billion dollars. All right. Well, let's see what our guests have to say. Uh, I'm sure you all have encountered people who feel it as Phil uh, does. I'm sure there are many listeners who are like, why are we doing this? Well, I would say to Phil, there are some um, pretty good uh, investments that we've made also this session that I think that will help um, with some uh, property tax uh, cuts for Phil and folks all across the state of Minnesota. Um, we were pretty targeted in um, the the tax cuts that we've made to middle class families, also making sure that we are sending um, you know additional support and aid to local cities, um, counties, which will help lower those property taxes. Um, I. I I can't um I can't fully express uh what it really means um to to families uh and would certainly be interested to hear from you know from my colleagues on this panel be- but I can just say personally you don't know if someone's hungry or not just by looking at them and every single time I went to school I looked like a normal kid. Our family wasn't like our family wasn't struggling. You know, my mom shared clothes with her sister, right? Shopped at Goodwill. I always had a fresh outfit ready to go for school because my mom was like, this is important to me. I want to make sure that nobody can tell that we struggle. And so I would just ask Phil and our fellow Minnesotans to just remember who we are also as Minnesotans. We are compassionate and giving people. We believe in community and supporting each other. And I think we've also really said that public school education is something that we value. So making this investment in our children, um, you know, adults, uh, you know, adults make decisions every day, um, but we shouldn't necessarily hold our children accountable um, for uh, for the struggles of grownups. We can simply feed them. We have a way to do it. We did it during the pandemic. Um, in the future of Minnesota, this will absolutely be worth the investment. Um, Leo, your thoughts? I mean, I'm sure you interact with people who feel, feel as though, you know, people make a decision to have kids. And so, you know, there's a feeling that, you know, why is it somehow this shared responsibility that all children have all their basic needs met? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say when those kids are in school, especially, I would say all the time, arguably, that they're all our kids. But uh, but certainly when they're in school and in the care of others, I think that we, we, we need to make sure that all their needs are met or else why are they there? Nothing else is going to work in that school if we're not making sure their needs are met. And, you know, the other thing that I would share is that we did try the means-tested approach. We did try to make a system work where it was only families that had a certain income level or below that we were trying to provide meals only for them. That system wasn't working. We would not have been dumping meals if that system was working. I would not have heard from parents that they were skipping meals so their kids could eat if the system was working. Why are meals getting dumped? So back to the the lunch shaming issue that was happening. We had many kids showing up looking for that meal and their account was negative. I think because those parents were choosing, am I going to pay my rent or am I going to pay my school meal account balance? So parents are struggling. The price of everything is really high right now. And 
I think those that could pay were trying to, but there were way too many families who couldn't. And the consequence of that is that we had students pretending not to be hungry so they wouldn't rack up that bill that they knew their parents couldn't pay. We had kids going hungry in our schools. We absolutely had that. And the means-tested, the income-based approach doesn't work. Dusty, we know a lot of people are very sympathetic to this or have lived experience and they get it. And the other people who are, as we heard, are offended by it and think, okay, the state's doing too much. What can you say about just like the, 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 what you see and just the, the value of, of allowing young people, uh, these children, an opportunity to not be hungry? So for us, um, what I'm seeing on my end is that um, we provide many things for our students while they're in school. Um, desks, Chromebooks, um, things that they need daily to learn. A meal is a part of that educational piece. Um, so they are, so they have full bellies and they're able to continue to concentrate in class, but also develop to be the next uh, generation of adults here in Minnesota. So I see it as an essential piece of the day and not necessarily an I can afford or you can afford piece of that. Let's take another phone call from a listener before we take a news break. We're talking about uh, school lunches. Do, do you have a child in school in Minnesota? What do you think about school meals now being offered uh, at no cost to all students across Minnesota, thanks to a new state law? And uh, are you dealing with food insecurity right now yourself? Or did you deal with it as a child? Call us at 651-227-6000, or you can call us at 800-242-2828. I want to know what you're thinking. Uh, and Egan, let's talk to Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for waiting. What did you want to tell us? Uh, yeah, I wanted to contribute a story of uh, some of the weird bad things that can happen when you turn lunch into this, you know, paid thing for everyone. Uh, when my kids were little, uh, I was a very disorganized, well, I mean, you know how parents of young kids are. And I did accidentally let my kids' lunch account go negative. It wasn't that we were food insecure, didn't have enough money. I was just frazzled. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was pizza day at school for my six-year-old. And he went into the lunchroom and they said, nope, you know, your account's negative. You can have this granola bar instead of the pizza. And being a six-year-old, he said, I just want to blow this school up. Well, the lunch lady followed rules and reported a bomb threat to the police. The police came to the school, and my son was mortified. The principal, bless her heart, intervened and straightened it all out. But my son really was scared of the police and horribly embarrassed. And now it's just a funny story our family tells. But at the time, it was just a headache and a half and kind of traumatic for my son and me. Wow. So I just wanted to contribute that. <laughs> Pizza day. Um, uh, thank you, Carrie and Egan. Um, so the, the lunch shaming, it comes in, in many forms, but we did see this across the nation and here in Minnesota, uh, where the balance was zero and uh, cafeteria workers uh, denied meals to students. I mean, that was the rule. They were doing their jobs. But again, it speaks to the emotion and the harm that could come from it. What do you think when you hear that story, uh, Darcy? Yeah. Um, that is a tough story. Um, I, I know that that was something that was happening in the past. Um, I know in my district, it was something that we've tried not to do um, for the last six years. And so we, you know, have come around um, to make sure that the kids are um, making sure they're getting fed. We want to make sure that um, 
there's not a traumatic experience for a child, especially in school. And so making sure that we're providing those healthy meals. Um, I, too, was a child on free and reduced meals. And so I do remember, um, you know, just uh, making sure that we that we I was provided for meals as uh, a learning child, too. So um, pizza day, it's uh, an important day. Um, now it's, it's it, at my high school. It smells good. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's um, the one safe day, right? Pizza right? day. Pizza day. So um, unfortunately, that um, incident happened with her child. But um, I think we are on a road now to make sure that that does not ever happen again. And Leah, her son um, was denied. It's because, you know, she said she was disorganized, but he went into a rage. What do we know about the emotions of children and just all that can come with just something as simple as going to the school cafeteria? You know, it's just it's huge. You know, I think on the first day of school, a lot of us parents and kids are feeling this, you want to belong, right? And you don't want to be othered. And not having access to pizza when all of your peers are having pizza, I mean, it is a traumatic experience. And I'm so proud. It's one that I don't want to see ever happen again. And I think we did something really huge here to make sure it doesn't happen again because that will stick with somebody for their whole life. And, you know, there there is a lot of stigma around people of different economic means in school. You know, now it's going to be like that outfit or the shoes or the backpack, but at least it's not a basic need of food. All kids deserve to have access to the same nutritious food at school. So... Um, All right. We have have many more listeners who want to get on the conversation and I will take uh, as many phone calls as we can. Uh, Let's take a phone call from Minneapolis in uh, in Minneapolis. Rather, we have Deborah on the line. Deborah, thank you for waiting and calling in. What did you want to tell us? Well, I was listening to the program and I literally had to I was in my car and I had to pull over because I was so moved by this bill. And, you know, I'm 60 years old, but I instantly listening to this was teleported back to being in grade school. My mom had left an abusive situation and had four children. She'd never worked before, so she needed social services to fill a gap. And one of those gap fillers was the the, um, lunch program. Um, The teacher would line us up, and um, those of us on free lunch, they didn't have reduced lunch then. It was either free or not. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a fluorescent orange disc that we would place on our tray at the start of the lunch line. Hold on, hold on. Not uh, just an orange, the fluorescent orange. So it was very clear. I, oh, uh, it, not even that. It's it's like um, like a prism almost. Like when I see these things that, you know, people are making jewelry out of, and it's like I'm like flashback to that disc I was given. And um, you put it on your, I'll never forget it. It's like a brown laminate tray, and you put this orange disc there, and you went through the line. And until you learned what you were allowed and not allowed, I was line shamed. I didn't know I couldn't get a chocolate milk. It had to be a white milk. There were certain options that weren't there. And I would just see the person in front of me get that and, you know, be publicly shamed. And for my classmates in the beginning, when they didn't know what the disc meant, they, you know, it was embarrassing. And then after that, it was um, continual heckling and mockery and, um, you know, my mom did the best she could, and she got off social services, and I have a doctor, a master's, half of a doctorate, and I'm socially, economically in a different place. But boy, it doesn't take a lot 
to make me 10 years old standing in that line. And um, I'm a professional teacher, and my commitment to child, ending childhood hunger um, and insecurity is my chosen passion, and it's where I put my time, energy, um, and resources. So I'm just, I cannot say enough for the fact that I did want to say, uh, sorry to ramble on, but, you know, this idea of people should pay if they can pay, um, you know, they don't pay more for the desk if they can afford more. Everybody is given a desk. Everybody is uh, given the same supplies. And so food is not an option. It is part of the educational day and process. So it should be included. And it's not a handout, as one caller wanted to call it, an investment. Um, but the ramifications, uh, again, as I said, I'm 60-plus I'm years old, and I can become 10 years old in you, a minute. <laughs> you took us all back uh, to the school cafeteria with you, Deborah. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for your phone call. Thank you. Um, Leah, what did you hear and what she described? Yeah, I, I hear a human being, right, with with a really deeply ingrained lived experience. And, you know, the thing that's unfortunate is you don't have to go back that far to to hear that story. I was hearing it from our young people today that were part of pushing for this change. And I guess the one thing that I want to say is I think a lot of us do understand that there's a lot of mental health challenges going on right now that our schools are having to deal with as well. And food relates to that. Let's hear from another listener, uh, this time uh, a caller uh, in Hastings, Minnesota. Uh, this is Dawn on the phone. Good morning, Dawn. What do you want to tell us about school meals? Hi, good morning. I just have to tell you how strongly I agree with your last caller, Deborah. I thought that she made some really great points there. Um, I actually grew up in public schools in Florida, and my experience was very similar to that of Deborah. There was a separate free lunch line for the free lunch kids. Um, but the reason that I actually called in this morning is because I really wanted to commend our lieutenant governor and our governor walls. I think this is such an incredibly important piece of legislation. It helps with so many different levels for children in public education today. Governor Flanagan touched on a couple of those in terms of behaviors, in terms of teachers. But one of the things that occurs to me personally is that while this isn't a program that will benefit my my family, um, my daughter is an only child, but I have um, a sibling that for more than 20 years has been battling active addiction. And I help to care for um, sometimes when they are in treatment. I am the active guardian for my nieces. And so without a program like this, it would be incredibly difficult to make sure that my nieces were receiving breakfast and lunch, um, things mm-hmm. that I wouldn't always be able to know, you know, if if my sibling was able to provide that when they were experiencing um, detox or relapse or something like that. And so there was a caller, Phil, a few minutes ago who talked about his taxes being raised and it wasn't fair. And boy, the thing that really resonated with me and the thing that I think about every day in life is, listen, we all do better when we all do better. And I think that it comes down to all of us caring about this investment in our kids today to make sure that our future is stronger in Minnesota and nationwide. 
So again, I just can't say enough good things. I'm so supportive of this legislation. Thank you for taking my call. That's Dawn there in Hastings. And I I think about Dawn uh, was expressing concern about her nieces and nephews. So many children are growing up in households, maybe extended family members or taking care of them. And not everybody is good, again, with filling out paperwork and forms or, you know, maybe missing deadlines. So uh, what do we know about, uh, again, like, what this will do in terms of kids are kind of left out of the opportunity to get, you know, prior to this, getting free and reduced lunch just because the adult in their lives didn't do the paperwork they're supposed to do. Darcy? So I think this is wonderful because um, now with the Minnesota uh, Free School Meals, we're able to take care of all children, um, whether the paperwork is turned in or not. So um, this is going to help fill in those holes that Dawn and her family are seeing. So um, we're we're excited that we're able to feed these kids. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Governor? I think you just, you don't ever know what someone's going through. And, you know, I think, you know, politics will always exist, but feeding kids isn't political. And the folks who argue against this, I think, probably haven't ever experienced food insecurity um, or haven't worried about how they're going to pay their next bill. And I hope that they never experience it. Um, And I think by investing in school meals at a time when our economy is really strong and we can afford it is, um, you know, is is just how we uh, take care of each other. And to to Don's point, when we we all do better, when we when we all do better. And what I would also say is, is that um, I think we are just beginning to see the returns on this investment. Um, and I think we, we won't fully know how um, much of an impact this will have, um, you know, sort of a, across the state. We will hear family by family, mm-hmm. but really, you know, over the next few years. And the last thing that I would say is that one of the most important conversations I have ever had about this issue was at Maple Lake. Maple Lake Elementary, where I talked to a social worker who said, I do home visits. She's like, it's just part of what we do as a school culture here, um, just checking in with families. And she said, and I was horrified to see a family with two children in the house who are eating crayons because there wasn't enough food in the house. This is what we are talking about. And so I, I just invite Minnesotans to think about your fellow Minnesotan, you know, my family, we relied on CCAP and Section 8 and SNAP. It allowed my mom to go back to school, get her certificate in phlebotomy and help lift our family out of poverty. Now I get to pay that back and pay that forward. There are so many people I know who have benefited from these investments and now are giving back to the state. Imagine what will happen with all of these children who have full bellies, are successful in school, and can really pay that back to Minnesota. I am hopeful and ready for these students for their big, bright futures. And Leah, as we talk about hunger, we we mentioned a little bit about lack of focus uh, if you're hungry, but we didn't talk a lot about behavior and what we know about, um, you know, behavior that ends you up in the principal's office, often tied to hunger. Yeah. I mean, I think actually all of us probably can think of a time when we've been hangry, right? Oh, yeah. I T- mean- talk to any of the producers here. You don't want to be around <laughs> Angela Davis when she's hungry. It is unpleasant, right? But but we know it, it shows up in student behavior as well. Absolutely. I mean, I've talked to school nur- school nurses, school social workers, um, you know, I've talked to the people who are the ones who receive the kids when they can't be in the classroom anymore. And one of the first questions that many of them ask is, are you hungry? There's a reason for that, right? It's so core to our ability to function. Um, So, 
yeah, I mean, I, I just, this is an investment. Hunger is everywhere. You can't see it, but it's happening. And this way, we, we just, we've removed all the barriers. Just, do you need some food? Here you go. Darcy, I need to ask you, what is on the menu today at Mankato Public Schools? The food itself, what are the kids in Mankato? What will they have for lunch today? So for lunch today, um, we're featuring Bosco sticks as our main entree. Um, What is that? Now, a Bosco stick is a cheese-filled breadstick um, with marinara sauce. And so that's what we're featuring today. Mankato actually starts um, kind of a tiered opening. So today it's 9 through 12 are back. Mm -hmm. Um, So our our senior high schools have actually more options than um, our other schools. But um, so they'll also have options of pizza, um, chicken patty on a bun, um, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, um, grab-and-go sandwiches and salads. So quite a a, a variety of um, items there. Um, Our meals for nutritionally all have to um, contain um, five food groups, if you will. The the USDA calls them components, but we call them food groups. It's a little easier to understand. And so we offer uh, lean fruits and uh, lean uh, lean proteins, um, fruits, vegetables, um, whole grains, and fluid milk as a a part of our meal. So in the interest of time, we have several uh, people on hold who want to ask about nutrition. Uh, They think it's great that that the meals are are at no cost, but um, what, how do you figure out the nutrition? I mean, you you say you have some guidelines from the USDA, but um, how do you make sure it's appetizing? Because it doesn't help that the kids won't eat it. I mean, it's just, I'm sure a big challenge. Absolutely. We want to feed children and not the garbage can. And so uh, making sure that the food is um, healthy and nutritious. Um, A lot of schools have started working more with um, farm-to-table or farm-to-school programs. Um, We have seen an increase in funds um, through the USDA, but then also through the state of Minnesota this year. What does that mean, going to local farmers and and trying to buy produce and and meat from them? Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, I have an apple orchard in Montgomery that I work with, and so um, Mm -hmm. we let him know how many apples we need, and they deliver into our district. Um, We also work with other farmers um, for corn and squash and Mm -hmm. items like that. Um, I do know some districts are working more with the farmers directly for um, lean proteins. And so working on turkey and beef um, coming out of um, the farms uh, versus coming off of a a vendor's truck. So um, we're getting to be more and more local and uh, and more nutritious along the way. I feel encouraged because I want it to be to be good food. And nutritious as well. Uh, just a minute left here. So, Lieutenant Governor, uh, any advice to parents uh, who are sending their kids off to school this morning uh, as they, you know, it's, it's an anxious, it can be an anxious time. So uh, my advice is to love them up, hold their hands as long as they uh, will let you uh, do that. And, um, you know, I I think that making sure that we're feeding kids is one of the ways that we show our young people how much we love them and how much we care about them. But when I brought my daughter to school today, she's like, I'm going to have the blueberry bread for breakfast. I'm going to have the chicken corn dogs for lunch. And she was ready to go. But everyone has incredibly big hopes and dreams for their child with the beginning of the school year. I hope that what we've done over this past legislation, uh, legislative session will help all of those students and all of those families um, to achieve uh, their big hopes and dreams for their kiddos. All right, we'll check in uh, in a few months, see how things are going. I want to thank our guest today, uh, Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. We've also been talking with uh, Leah Gartner, the Policy Director with Hunger Solutions, and Darcy Stieber uh, joining us from Mankato, the Director of Nutrition Services at Mankato Area Public Schools. To all the families out there, have a great school year. Wishing the best for you and your kids. This conversation was produced by Matt Alvarez. We'll talk again tomorrow morning at 9.
Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.